Hey there, this is Lewis Johnson taking my love of sports into the world of esports. So I'm breaking down what's happening in the esports industry, talking with great guests, influencers, and tracking their personal and professional journeys to see how all of that has influenced where they are now. And in the end, I hope you're inspired. And so with that, welcome to All In With Esports. Okay, everybody, welcome back to another edition of All In With Esports. Glad you're continuing to come back. I sure appreciate uh, the listenership and love the comments. So please leave those whenever you have a chance. Of course, you can reach us at esportsfutureye.com, Twitter, Facebook. I love the interaction. And again, just uh, glad that you're enjoying the uh, podcast from across our entire network. You can catch all of them on esportsfpn.com. Okay, well... Look, 99 times out of 100, you're going to find me in an upbeat mood. I'm positive, looking for the best in life, in people, and in the sports or events I cover as a journalist. You know, that's just me. That's my DNA. That's my wiring, okay? And and even though uh, I'm like that, I'm, I'm well aware of the negative things that are happening in all of those uh, areas that I just mentioned. And the sports world is just simply full of so many great stories, so many great people, and that should grab our attention. And, and that's where I live. That's where I like to operate. All right. I love sharing those stories, inspiring people, stories with the hope of inspiring you, whether it's on television or right here on our platform for uh, esports podcast. And even the stories of those, you know, who've had a misstep and are working to redeem themselves, both, you know, personally, professionally, I think those are important as well, because I personally believe in redemption. I think we all should have a, an opportunity to have that if we do make a misstep. Uh, and over the course of my career, I've had to cover a lot of tough stuff. You know, they're just moments that you just don't forget. They're pretty hard, including my topic for this episode. Cheating. That's right. Cheating. All right. Now, we all know that cheating happens in many facets of our lives, from the lowest to the highest levels of our society. And of course, in sports. And yes, in esports as well. And the question is, how prevalent is it and how much attention do we put on it? I'm just thinking back over the last uh, 25 years in, in, in the media, you know, covering the last 10 Olympics, we've had to cover some major cheating scandals in sports, doping scandals across some of the Olympic sports. And of course, at my home base of track and field, we've had our share. I hate to see it. As an athlete who wanted to be a, an Olympian so bad, I mean, I desperately wanted to be an Olympian for the United States, and it didn't happen. Cheating to get there was never on my radar. It was never a remote consideration. I really wasn't even aware that you could do that, something you do to make yourself get there. And in my time as a journalist, my focus has not been on those who cheat individually, nor the systematic doping that we've seen. Big scandals. I'm just not there. At an Olympic trials many years ago, I'm just remembering this. There was a, a massive individual doping story. I'm not going to name the person. That's not the point. And everybody was going crazy. I mean, the stories, the articles, it was just unbelievable. And everybody was looking for that next fact, that next little detail to further the story. Or in my opinion, basically, some journalists were just looking for a way to do some kind of redux on what we already knew. We knew the story. Okay. There was nothing more to add to it. And I can tell you, I can remember walking from our production trailer offices, going to the broadcast booth on those long, hot days covering those trials. And I'm going to work and, and here comes somebody else chasing behind me. Mr. Johnson, Mr. Johnson, 
wanting another comment on the story. And my reply was, look, I've got nothing to add. Okay. And that story is one out of a hundred here. Now, if you want to give me, give me, want me to give you some insight on, on some of the other 99 great stories that are here, you know, people trying to make their Olympic dreams come true. I'm happy to do that. But of course there's a blank stare from that reporter and they walk off. We're not interested in that. The bottom line is we've got to deal with it and move on. And today we need to deal with a massive story that broke in the esports world in late March of 2021, in case you're listening to this uh, some years later. A cheating scandal of huge proportions when it comes to the reported amount of money being made by a few who were allegedly providing cheat codes for some of the most popular games in esports. Cheat codes. Hmm. Apparently, there was a collaborative effort between Chinese, the Chinese police and gaming giant Tencent. They led to the closure of what police said was the biggest ever video game cheating operation they'd ever seen. This gang apparently designed and sold cheats to popular video games, including Overwatch and Call of Duty. And roughly $76 million in revenue was made by the organization, which charged a subscription fee to clients. You all heard of, about this? Apparently, police seized assets worth $46 million, including several luxury cars. The operation, according to this article by the BBC, was called Chicken Drumstick. I don't know where they got that. And uh, they had a website uh, selling hundreds of to hundreds of countries and regions. Uh, that's what the local media reported. And subscription prices were somewhere for the users were somewhere around $10 a day up to $200 a month. So let's deal with this story with my two guests today. I want to welcome in Jacob Miles, the founder and CEO of Map Esports Network, and Austin Razor, a man who's wearing a lot of hats across the network. He's in charge of our Power Players League. And of course, he's a gamer. He's also one of our voices of podcasting. He's a shoutcaster for games and has a new show in development with one of our, with one of our other younger in-house gamers, Dave Hagee. You'll see that one coming along soon. And we're looking forward to rolling that out uh, as well. All of our shows, of course, are on esportsfpn.com. You'll find everybody there. So a couple of big things to tackle today. So first of all, Jacob, Austin, great to talk to you guys. How are you? Very good. Very good. Glad to be here. And this is a big, important topic we're getting ready to tackle here. Yeah. Austin, I'm assuming you feel the same. It is a, it is a, a shocker, but I guess it's something we need to talk about. Yeah, I, I completely agree. This is by far in you know, the many years that I've been involved in video games, one of the biggest stories of alleged cheating that we've come across so far. Yeah, yeah. Jacob, let me just start with you. Just uh, give me a sense of what you think are the overreaching broad stroke issues, a story here about this, this massive cheating scandal that was taken down by the Chinese government. Well, you know, I, I began by, by saying that the esports industry overall is currently the wild west as we would mm. say in america that it's it's the wild wild west that and moving to mainstream and so as a result of that you don't have you know all of the let's call them policemen or regulators and so forth in place as you, as you have in other sports and of course that doesn't stop cheating but it at least minimizes it and sets up some you know some uh, barriers that you have to get over. I the right now I think we have the Esports Integrity Commission and the Esports and in, in, Integrity Commission is young just like uh, most of uh, the esports industry and technically cheating in a video game is not illegal. 
It's you know? not. Technically, it is not illegal. What what makes it illegal is the the hacks, cheats, throwing games, and so forth. When money gets involved, mm. you know, when money gets involved, that changes the game, you know. And the publishers and sponsors and everybody just putting up the money and cheating's involved. Obviously, that's a that's a big a big issue. But if cheating were in video games was illegal then we wouldn't have sites like nexus mods that exist it would it would be treated like a black market website and shut down but you've got sites out there people on youtube hey get these cheat codes get this get this and they're not shut down because technically it isn't legal so i know there's a lot of people working on this you know including the esports integrity commission and uh, a lot of regulations and so forth will clearly come out of this scandal that just developed out of China. Yeah, that that's an amazing that's an amazing a bit of information that cheating is technically not illegal and I got to believe that they're going to they're going to address and change that because the industry being a multi-billion dollar industry that industry that continues to grow to grow has to come around and figure out a way to to kind of harness this. Austin, let me ask you as someone who's been a gamer for a long time, you're a shoutcaster, you 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 know the world pretty well. Just from your own experience, just maybe your gut feeling, how much cheating do you think might be going on in gaming? Oh, I mean, there's there's tons, and and cheating has been going back to the you know the years that gaming originated. You know, people have been exploiting game codes and finding ways to alter single player experiences to make the game a little bit easier for them themselves for years. I I think the difference now is when you're looking at cheating. Because cheating in and of itself, like Jacob mentioned, is not illegal, and there's no harm to it if all you're doing is altering the game's code to make something a little bit easier for yourself to clear the game. And some people find a lot of enjoyment, you know, breaking the game, as they call it, and trying to find these exploits. The difference now is we're starting to move into an industry of gaming where it's highly competitive, and there's thousands, if not millions of dollars involved when it comes to competitive esports and it's like traditional sports i mean if you've got a player who's playing in a rec league for his home city and you know he feels the need to take steroids to you know beef himself up and make his team better there's not money on the line there you know what he's doing may not be considered com- you know integrity you know competitive integrity but he's not hurting anybody he's not hurting the game when you start moving into the pro scene and there's money on the line that changes everything because now you're no longer providing anybody else a fair experience or you know a fair opportunity for them to prove that they are better than you you're just altering the game in a way that's going to make everything easier and go your way yeah and you know that really kind of touches on what i was talking about with respect to the olympics and the olympic stage and the sanctity of what that's supposed to be if somebody wants to cheat and take steroids or excuse me take steroids and they're just like a local runner that's one thing but if you're going to the stage the big stage of the games with all the money and accolades and medals and all the things that come out the back end of that, if you do well, now that cheating takes on a completely different proportion. And I think that's kind of what you're alluding to here in esports. How do you think, Austin, the, that the cheating affects the everyday gamer, the kids or the people who don't even aren't even aware of these cheat codes that they could buy and they just want to go and play the game? Are, are they being affected? Yeah. And I think they're being affected in a really negative way because, you know, a lot of kids are coming in here and they're trying to learn how to play these games for their first time. And games are all about ranked nowadays. It's about climbing the leaderboard, seeing how good you can get at the game, you know, how well you stack up against others. And when you have, you know, 
one in three gamers allegedly that's cheating, then it's creating one in three from from what I've read from several different articles from the BBC and Vice News. Yeah, one in three average gamers are using cheat codes in some capacity. Wow. So I think it's just creating an extremely unfair leverage for anybody who's trying to come in and learn these games. And it's you're just not having fun at that point when you're coming in trying to learn how to do something and someone's leveraging the game in a way that it's going to make their experience way easier than yours and they're dominating every game you're you're just going to create this market of gamers who aren't interested in playing any sort of online game at this capacity until cheating is resolved and you know cheating needs to be resolved by the developers of the games and a lot of developers tend to not see cheating as a major issue because that requires a lot of resources on their part mm-hmm. to handle so I think until we get to the point to address that, gamers are you know playing gamers who have integrity and are just trying to go in and have fun and play with their friends or learn a new game, they're going to be in a really negative zone until we start resolving these issues. Jacob, as the as the founder and CEO of Map Esports Network, uh, laying out this just incredible uh, media platform that will allow people to to game and to have all kinds of experience with STEM and Steam and find careers, all these things that we would call we would maybe call into the area of fair play in terms of life development opportunity. How do you address or deal with this issue of of, of cheating and gaming, and, and what sort of technology might you consider employing here or with, with, with respect to cybersecurity or what have you to try to keep things quote unquote fair for everybody as we hopefully try and develop and give them a pathway into the gaming industry, but in, in the, in a right and fair way. And I, I agree with, with Austin and the, 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 the biggest part has to fall on the game publishers and, and, and they understand that. You know, and a perfect example is, you know, you know, Activision just revealed that they had, I think they found 1.6 million pieces of malware that had been loaded into into their Call of Duty Warzone cheats. People, when they download the cheats, the uh, people they're getting the cheats from are putting malware in there so they could come in and like a virus into into the software. Uh, so they're they're building in systems so they can identify when something's in there that shouldn't be in there, whether that be a cheat hack, malware, you know, and and so forth. So I think it is a big part of uh, cybersecurity, and I think that the tournaments, as well as uh, the I'll call it the the pro tournaments. I think all the way down to the amateur level will end up with screening a software that will go in and look for anything that should not be there, you know, whether that's malware or a virus or, or whether that's, you know, a, a cheat hack. Now, that being said, you don't need to have malware or, or hacks to cheat. You know, we've had instances in Australia where the team just threw a game. You know, they were paid to throw a game. So they lost on purpose because somebody was paying them more money to to lose than they could win in the tournament because that somebody had placed a large bet on that game. So those kind of things are, I, I call physical world cheats as opposed to digital world cheats. I think the other thing that makes the cheating a lot easier to make the a cheater feel a little safer is their ability to use digital currencies to hide themselves. 
you know, so they'll use, you know, the, the Bitcoins and, and all the other currencies that are out there and they'll trade in those anonymously. And I think the way China and Tencent kind of work through that digital currency and, and to find some of these folks, I think will, is a good thing because they cooperated, you know, with the authorities to track down that, that group of cheaters. Yeah, I mean the implications are incredible, and it, it's it's really wild to to listen to that explanation, Jacob. As as we, we, I'm hearing a lot of familiar themes that we have in our traditional sports, where mm-hmm. you're concerned about what's happening with the betting lines in Las Vegas and what teams might do or might not do or what have you. I mean, it's just unbelievable to think about that being a, a direct implication here in our sports. Austin, let me come back to you and ask you. I, I can. I can think of uh, so many times that I've been sitting in, in an Olympic stadium you know, watching some of these big moments. And there was a time early in my career where I just believed everything that I saw. Believed it all because it was just that moment. It's beautiful. It's it's awesome. It's happening. And it was, I don't know, a few years down the line where you had some major doping scandals that broke out, sadly, that make you raise an eyebrow to performances. You're like, wow, I, I hope that was real. As a shoutcaster in in esports and your experience around it, have you ever had a chance where you've been sitting and, and maybe shoutcasting an event and you just wonder if everything's on the up and up and would there be anything that could happen that might make you suspect that something was not quite right in, in a game that was happening or is that just not possible to see? It's it's definitely possible to see. There's There's certain clues that you can kind of isolate from within the game or based off of like players' movement, how well, especially in uh, first-person shooter games, how well a person is able to instantly flick their cursor to the opponent's head. Because in most competitive first-person shooter games, a headshot is going to deal more damage and you're going to drop that player, which is going to give you the advantage in the fight. In all of my experience with shoutcasting, I've seen a couple of players that baffled me in terms of just pure skill at being able to fight. I was doing an Overwatch tournament this one time, and one team had this guy called Moob. He called himself Moob, M-O-O-B. And he was a sniper and all he did was use sniper class and he would stand on the opposite side of the battlefield from wherever the fight was and just pick people off left and right. And you, I'd be sitting there watching him. I could see him physically and in the game, just his reaction time with his hand and his mouse and being able to get, you know, to one player to the other. It's almost mystifying in a way to think that somebody is that skilled and has put that much, you know, energy and determination into being that good at a game. Mm-hmm. And then a little part of you does wonder, well, you know, maybe he is using some sort of some sort of aimbot software or or cheating device that you know assist him in finding his opponent's you know vulnerable spots like the chest or the head or something but it it would sadden me deeply to find out if there was that much of that style of cheating going on in the competitive scene because right now i think we're at a really good point in esports and things have been in a really good point for the the past 2 years where you know there's been a lot of like truly mesmerizing moments in esports that you can capture, whether it's from League of Legends, you know, the Overwatch scene, the Counter Strike scene, of players who've become icons for their skill level. And if an article came out here in the next year or so that determined one of them had been allegedly cheating for all of these years to make them that good, it would kind of just be heartbreaking in a way because it's like if you found out after all this time that Babe Ruth was cheating his entire time playing for the MLB. It just it takes away that whole ideal of the figure that he is and what he stood for. So I so far haven't seen anything along that line. I, I hope that I continue to not see any sort of cheating here in the next few years. But, you know, it people are going to do 
what they feel they need to do when a lot a lot of money is being involved and a lot of these kids you know who are going into esports are kids who kind of come up from nothing and they've made sacrifices to be where they are and if they feel that cheating is their only solution to make the money if they think they can get away with it you know it, it, them being as young as they are the mental maturity may not be there to tell them hey this is not the right choice yeah yeah and and to be clear the the player that you mentioned of course you are not accusing him of doing that whatever his name was because you know you you have no way of knowing that for sure so i want to be clear that that you were not accusing that player of something that we surely wouldn't want to do that but it just it's amazing sometimes when you see the skill level of someone you go wow how could they do that and who knows what it was but it's just a discussion just an example but not an accusation for sure of course um Jake, I'm thinking about uh, our interest in in bringing the cybersecurity discussions to Map Esports Network, even with a show that's coming up soon with one of our our new analysts, uh, podcast hosts. And I was just amazed that when we talked with Nigel LeBlanc about the 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 big gap in in cybersecurity uh, jobs that needed to be filled. And then the potential for so many people who had been in the military, maybe in some sensitive areas who couldn't speak about those things, who maybe could be plugged in. Do you think in general that there could be a a really a a strong opportunity for those with cybersecurity skills to be involved with the gaming industries, with the particular game uh, developers, and maybe even particularly for our network to be able to help us police those things to keep things sort of in a, put some guardrails on it so things don't just get out of hand. No question. I think this is a perfect case for the STEM and the STEAM opportunities behind esports and video games. You know, we, we talk about, you know, the graphics or the engineering and things of that nature, but security and software security, cybersecurity is definitely a career path and is definitely going to be a lot of demand for that in esports. At the video game publishers, tournament providers, all are going to be looking to have those folks involved. And When you look at cybersecurity, you're absolutely right. Someone that has been in a service that's been doing cybersecurity could be a perfect fit there. And what also happens a lot is as they discover these people who are very good at at hacking these games and 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 with x-ray vision hacks and aimbot hacks and 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 so forth they'll probably turn some of those into good hackers to catch the others you know that's a pretty common practice as well but no question as we move from the wild west to mainstream that career path is going to be a very important career path and i would i would challenge any kid to take a look into that in, as part of their esports and video game STEM STEAM opportunity. Yeah. And and as we as I visited with uh, Nigel LeBlanc, who um, runs a great organization to help veterans find those positions, I wish we could have had him on today. He talked about how they they use gaming to identify people who would be good for the cybersecurity uh, world. And he was talking about one situation where they were running one of these games and there was some young child, a person, 12, 13, 14 years old, some young person who scored very high, showing they have they, they had these skills to be able to identify things. So it's just amazing. It's not just the uh, seasoned veterans who may be 40, 50 years old. It could be somebody much younger than that. Austin, I'm just curious about a couple of things without promoting the cheating itself, but you mentioned a couple of terms bots and what have you, what are some of the, what are some of the technology or terminology you might use to 
describe what people are getting in cheat codes to be able to actually employ in a game? What are they, what are they actually getting, paying for, and then employing? Does that make sense? Yeah, so the hackers themselves are, you know, script writers. They're they're writing the code and they're implementing that code into the game. We refer in first-person shooters a lot as aimbot. It's a cheat where it assists your mouse um, and your cursor, and it directs it to you know the person's head or the chest area, the you know the spot that's going to be the most vulnerable on that player. So you're not relying purely on your reflexes or your individual skill to be able to get to those points. Like you can get close and it'll assist you in getting the rest of that way to ensure that you don't miss the shot. There's also hacks that are referred to as wall glitches where, you know, as Jacob kind of briefly mentioned, he said X-ray, it, it allows you to see players, you know, through walls, you know, through floorboards, through ceilings. Mm. A lot of people tend to use that allegedly in uh, Rainbow Six Siege because that game is very much, uh, allows you to shoot through objects and it promotes shooting through walls because they're made out of you know wood or whatever, what have you. So it makes it easier for them to be able to pick off players, and they always know where you know the players are around them. There are also hacks that allow you to infinitely heal yourself, your player in game, so you don't take the same amount of damage that anybody else around you would. That's uh, that's all I can think of right now on the top of my head as far as you know lingo goes. But the there's the speed. As yeah, well. there's there's increased movement speed, or you can <laughs> you can slow down the movement speed of anybody that you're shooting, so it makes them harder to get away from you know them being shot. So let's say you're in a game and you see somebody having these amazing reflexes, or you know you're getting shot through a wall and you don't see anybody there. You're not telling you can't tell me that that somebody playing the game doesn't see that something strange is going on. And you can't call the other player out or call another team out because. You, you see something happening that maybe shouldn't be happening or you can't explain that doesn't happen. No, that happens all the time. You know, okay. I've, in several of my own personal experiences, I've been playing with you know my friends and we've been up against a player that seemed very, you know, much that what they were doing wasn't actually legitimate. And a lot of games now have a report feature. So you can report an individual player and provide a reason. And then the game will go and look at that player's match history and kind of determine whether or not they think cheats have been used. And then if they have been, then what happens? Uh, a lot of times, if enough reports go through or it is verified that you know they were using some kind of malware or hacking device, they'll just boot that player from being able to access their account on that game. So they won't oh. be able to play on that one, but there's nothing stopping them from going and creating another account and getting back on. Okay, but they'll be, they'll be banned from that account forever. That's it. They're blocked. Correct. Wow. Okay. All right. That's very interesting. Well, I, I think, Jacob, as you said, <clears throat> this is really the wild, wild west right now. I think there's a lot of development that has to happen in terms of trying to police all this. But we would be remiss, Jacob, we didn't remind people just how much and how fast this industry is growing as we move toward we what we hope is the exit from COVID. And we get more activity in terms of live events and gaming coming back on a much stronger way. What, what's your thought on just how fast this, this industry continues to grow and how much of a challenge it's going to be to try and police these things and keep things somewhat under control? Well, you, we have to begin with just the scale that the video game industry has become. And obviously, esports is a subsegment of, of, that in, of the overall industry. But East uh, video game industry now is $159 billion. So, you know, that's, that's, that's bigger than Hollywood. That's bigger than, you know, uh, other sports. I mean, it's just 
huge. And when you've got that kind of money in play, then there is no question that the resources are there to get a handle on this, you know, especially as it relates to pros, semi-pros, amateur leagues, you know, and 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 so forth. That's why they have referees and, and things like that that are, are looking for something that seems out of place in a game. But so I think cheating will grow as the industry <laughs> grows as well. But I think the percentage of, of, of cheaters will decrease, you know, but, but it is not, it's not going to be removed or eliminated no more than it's removed or eliminated from any other sport, you know, cheating occurs. And the key is just how can we regulate it, minimize it. And I think that we, we have the resources within the industry to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Austin, final thoughts on that. No, I think he's, Absolutely correct. You know, as much as I hate to admit it, with as the industry grows, everything else is going to grow with it. You know, the good stuff and the bad. It just it's going to boil down to, you know, how well our developers going to be able to kind of evolve into making their games a safe and secure environment for all of their gamers. You know, creating a fair um, game space for everybody, and then how much are we going to start regulating third parties into making sure that these big crime syndicate organizations that are selling off these subscriptions, you know, how, how easy is it going to be for them to start tracking down, you know, cryptocurrencies and things of that nature. So I think we're going to see a lot of growth in the next couple of years. You know, cheating is just going to be unfortunately one of the things that grows with it, but I have no worries that developers and third party investigators will start rising up to that challenge. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of money out there, obviously for esports. And there is no way that the industry, the video game industry, is going to let cheating stop their growth. (laughs) You know, some of the things that I know are being discussed. Austin spoke of banning and then that that individual could go create another account where they're looking at tracking mechanisms so that so that when they ban someone, they'll be able to track that person and and ban them. So they can't create another account. Now, in the digital world, the 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 esports companies, the video game companies haven't been wanting to spend that amount of money to be able to do that. But when it comes to the pro level, they will do that. You know, and when it comes to Vegas and these gaming sites where people are gambling and there's odds being uh, run in Vegas and around the world, they will do that to protect that business. And they'll be banning people for life and that w- they won't be able to get on anywhere, you know, especially as it relates to, like I say, the pros and, and gambling and, and things of that nature. And then those technologies that they use there will trickle down to uh, the grassroots and the everyday player level. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of development yet to happen as as this industry continues to grow. And, and again, we're looking forward to this exciting ride that we're going to take on it. And look, it was a topic that it's worth discussing because it was breaking news coming out of China, which really had a ripple effect across the world. And just amazing to see what was was underway and what was stopped. And of course, there there's more of it happening. But as, as you all both said, 
we'll never be able to stamp it out completely, but keeping it under control and, and, and applying the right technologies and intelligence will be the way to try and keep that from overtaking what is just an incredible industry. I'm going to go back to calling it what, I, what it was, just like I saw the, tra- the doping scandals in track and field or what have you. It's, it's that one story out of 100. And we're going to continue to focus on the other 99 great stories that are happening across the industry. And of course, we're, we're enjoying talking about all those things at MAP Esports Network. So, Jacob, Austin, thank you all so much for the conversation. Appreciate it. Excellent. Thank you for having us. You got it. Jacob Miles, founder and CEO of MAP Esports Network, and Austin Razor, Power Players League, and one of our important voices across the entire network, a busy guy as well. Make sure you continue to check out everything we have going on at esportsfutureye.com. Of course, at MAP Esports on Twitter. I love interacting with you guys there and on Facebook, of course, as well. Always like to thank our folks who make this happen. Thank you so much, Aaron and Sia and AJ at Innovation Media Enterprises. They make sure all of our podcasts make it to you. And don't forget to listen to all of our other outstanding shows, The Future of Marketing in Esports. That's Rebecca Langawa. She is so sharp. John Davidson and the DLC Drop Podcast. Dr. Mark's Masterclass, hosted by Dr. Mark Williams. And our latest edition, Esports Easing Magazine, hosted by our esports editor-in-chief, Chantel Boucher, the one and only. All of us will be right here talking esports all the time. One link to all those shows, it's at Esports FPN. We've got a lot more original programming coming your way. Of course, Power Players League, where Austin is, uh, ppl.gg, I believe it is. Check out what's happening there. And once again, just want to thank you for being with us today and hope you've been inspired. And let's talk again soon on All In With Esports. Take care, everybody. Hey, thanks so much for listening to All In With Esports. Now, don't forget to subscribe to your favorite podcast channel. And we would love to hear from you about this or any other shows on the Esports Future Eye Network. 